are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back in, everyone, to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. It is Friday. I appreciate everyone that has tuned in this week. We've talked about a bunch of different things spanning across both basketball and football, but I want to shift gears a little bit today. We do have one more episode before we depart for the weekend. I want to focus specifically on recruiting. There's been a couple people that have asked for me to dive into it, so we'll spend a whole episode and talk a little bit about the different um, avenues in that realm. But I, I got to be honest, this is something that I've been looking for forward to recruiting wise it might be a uh, Friday spot moving forward where we just specifically talk about recruiting who knows but on the docket today we are going to talk about um, a little bit of analysis into the 2022 class for football we'll transition into why I believe that local recruiting is pivotal in football for the Cardinals and then we'll finish out with basketball and talk about some 2023 recruits that a lot of people are interested in. I'll explain a little bit of their respective gains a little more. But before we get into it, like I said, my name is Dalton Pence. For those who are not aware of who I am, I am a credentialed media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as a recruiting analyst and a feature writer. I am formerly a part of Fan Sided's Big Red Louie in the state of Louisville, and also do some backup PA announcing work for various Louisville sports, such as uh, soccer, baseball, lacrosse, field hockey, etc. You can find me on Twitter at dpence underscore. You can also follow the Twitter podcast page at LO underscore Louisville. Um, and before we get into the content, I do want to discuss a little bit about Locked on ACC. As I mentioned in past episodes, I fully believe that you can't get a complete grasp on the current state of Louisville athletics without truly understanding the context of other universities in the ACC. So be sure to check out that podcast hosted by Candace Cooper. Let's dive right on in, straight into recruiting. We're going to talk about the Flyville 22 class so far. Not going to be a big class, only about 10 to 12 you know, high school recruits, depending on how transfers shake out. You got, we got to remember, this isn't going to be a big class. Um, there's a lot of freshmen in this program, whether it's COVID freshmen, redshirt freshmen, true freshmen. Uh, they make up the majority of the football program, so you have to keep that in mind when focusing on why this is going to be a small class. Right now, the class is ranked 84th in the country, which you know is is an alarming thing. It's 14th in the ACC. However, there's only six commits. Like I said, it's you know you have to focus kind of on the quality here. Um, the average ranking of recruit is 86. Point thirty-seven. Last year was 85.87. So the quality of recruit that they're getting in the 2022 class is better than the 2021 class per recruit. So let's take a look at each of the six individual recruits. Um, just listing them off at the top of the class, you have edge rusher Popeye Williams from Westfield, Indiana, a four-star recruit. Behind him, you have the lone quarterback commitment and Caleb Johnson. Uh, their wide receiver is Xavier Thomas out of out of Louisiana. There's also Chance Morrow out of Charlotte. There's offensive tackle Max Cabana and um, offensive tackle Isaiah Reed. So, like I said, only six guys. There's not too much to dissect. We're going to start out with Popeye Williams. Uh, really, when you look at the Louisville football recruiting classes in the past, it's been very heavy on guys 
on both sides of the trenches, especially at edge rusher, getting um, bigger, longer, athletic defensive ends has been Brian Brown's MO in terms of recruiting. Satterfield has made a point of emphasis to go out and get twitchy, bigger athletic ends that can get off of the edge and rush the quarterback, as we see with guys like Ashton Gelati, Vic Brown, the list goes so on and so forth. Popeye Williams kind of fits into that mold as well. 6'3", 230. When you watch his highlight tapes and film, it's very evident that he falls in line with that trend of type of players that they're going after. Has a lot of ability to get off of the line in a hurry. And what I mean by that when I say twitchy is just able to create havoc at the line of scrimmage once the ball is snapped and be able to gain an advantage with his hands to you know, get past the surrounding offensive tackle. So I, I love his ability to cause headaches for the opposing offensive line just with his explosive burst and first step. And not only that, he also has shown the ability to you know, put on a display of moves to get after the quarterback. There's very unique footwork that I think that there's a lot to build around. So I'm very excited for Popeye Williams. He's going to be a, a player that is going to be relied upon not only to be the outstanding player on the field in this class but also be one of the top recruiters in the class as well just with his prominence as a recruit moving down the line uh, Caleb Johnson out of Pinson Alabama is the lone quarterback commitment um, 6'2 200 pounds he actually is the uh, first commitment of the class so uh, it was good to get a quarterback right away especially with you know, the quarterback room being up in the air next year, there's no telling if Malik Cunningham comes back for his redshirt senior season. He does have a year of eligibility after this upcoming year. It will be very interesting to see if he takes it. Um, but also, you know, you have Evan Conley, TJ Lewis. You know, point proven, they need to get quarterbacks into this room and not just one I would look for Louisville to possibly take a second one whether that be a transfer whether that be you know another high school recruit I know that they brought a Juco guy in just about a month or two ago so um, that alleviates some of that depth issue but you know the Cardinals have some scarcity in that quarterbacking room and uh, Caleb Johnson is, is a guy that I think he's underrated as a passer uh, most would consider him probably a dual threat but at the end of the day, I think that um, you're going to see a, a lot of ability, you know, gifted as a passer. So I think that, um, you know, with his 6-1 frame, we see more of kind of a, a Malik Cunningham type athlete and just being able to not only get out and run in an option type situation, but also be able to catch you off guard with his arm. The tackles that the cards got, Max Cabana and um, Isaiah Reed, both are guys that aren't necessarily rated too highly. However, bigger guys, both are flirting with 6'6". Um, both are over 275 pounds, beefing up that offensive line. Uh, Cabana and Reed both were, I would say, hurt by you know COVID and stuff like that. Not Maybe not personally, but definitely in terms of exposure. You can tell that by the increased interest that both of are receiving from um, respective colleges. And personally, I think the pair of wide receiver commits that the Cards have currently is going to be the most interesting um, development as we go through the coming months up to signing day, just because I feel like those are going to be the possible areas of decommitments. I'm not saying that neither are solid in their 
commitments, but I am saying that Xavion Thomas has busted onto the scene and gotten a lot of SEC interest um, from John Arrett in Louisiana and LSU country. I can confirm after talking with some people close to that program that the Tigers are keeping tabs on him, but at this point, it is unknown whether or not they're going to push for his commitment. Mississippi State is another team, Florida State. Um, there's going to be a lot of interest going Xavion's way, but a, a very shifty player. Think like Amari Huggins-Bruce, but probably even a little quicker. Ran a 4.3240. Um, you know, not necessarily a 2-2 like in his ability to make guys miss just do off pure speed, but I think that there's a certain shiftiness that uh, you know Thomas possesses that really separates him from some of these guys in this class. Uh, Chance Morrow is another guy that is very underrated, just cracked into the rankings. Six-six uh, receiver out of Charlotte has a lot of offers that. Um, according to some are uncommittable, but like I view offers are offers. Um, you can never have too many guys that can go up and win you a jump ball. There's a lot of athleticisms for Morrow. Um, this is going to be an interesting class going forward just to see how they round it out and to see how these guys are fair in their respective high school seasons. Um, before we hop into the local recruiting, I want to talk to you all about Sweat Block. Uh, sweat block is exactly what you need if you have trouble sweating through your shirt. It's doctor created and recommended. It works for up to seven days per use. It has a dry shirt guarantee. So if sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you can get your money back. It's featured and tested on the Rachel Ray show by firefighters. It's a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years. It's got over 13,000 reviews. It's manufactured in the USA. You can wear what you want to wear. Your little secret to confidence. This is a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag. Whether it's a big presentation or a hot date, everyone can benefit. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. There's no more pitting out. Simply say no to picking out your shirts based on which one will hide the sweat better. You can get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code LOCKEDON or at Amazon or CVS. Moving forward, as I mentioned in the last segment, the 2022 cycle is going to uh, be a very small class for the cards. However, there is one name in particular that a lot of fans are hoping makes his way into the class. That is four-star defensive lineman Selah Brown out of Mel High School. And uh, he represents um, you know, a position of need for the cards right in the team's backyard, which has sparked a big debate throughout the fan base about local recruiting and if it's pivotal for the Cardinal program to emphasize that. Uh, personally, I'll go ahead and state for the record, of course, local recruiting is going to be pivotal, and that's for any program, especially when you have some talent coming out of the city of Louisville. I know that, but I get it. Recruiting hotbeds like Georgia or Florida or even into you know anywhere in the South, I get it. There's a lot of talent down there. Those players have been very successful in Wolves' program throughout the past 10, 15, 20 years. So I understand the want to build a pipeline down South. However, you cannot overlook the pipeline in your own state. I think that that's one thing that Mark Stoops and company is doing extremely well. And they're succeeding with flying colors is convincing guys in state that Kentucky is the place to be. Satterfield and company have to reverse that trend and start getting those guys. I know that they've won some minor battles and guys like Jordan Watkins and um, so on and so forth, but still hasn't been enough to uh, switch the pendulum's motion. 
I think that Selah Brown is a huge opportunity to do that for the Cards. As if you've talked to me, you know that I'm huge on Selah's game. I think that he is going to be a flat-out stud. But don't get me wrong. I'm This isn't a slight at, at his abilities because, like I mentioned, I think he's a monster on the field and on that line. He, he could be a big disruptor for the Cards. The thing that I like most about a possible Selah Brown commitment for the Cards is the possibilities that it opens up for the future. Let's face it, if you look in you know, for the next class, for example, there is a ton of talent that the Cards should be jumping on, especially from Mel High School. The top player in the 2023 class is an interior offensive lineman named William Spencer, ranked a top 200 guy. Um, there is also a cornerback, Jeremiah Collins, who is a, a, a high three-star talent who I actually just had an um, interview with for Cardinal Sports Zone, so go check that out because um, you'll be able to tell that you know these guys have really you – know, made it an emphasis to get that hometown offer and it you know that hometown offer has kind of changed the game and it, and it stuck out to them they're very eager to get to know the coaches better and to get to know the program better um you know beyond those two guys there's Micah Carter the defensive lineman out of St. X who is a high three star as well so the talent is there you know I'm not saying that you have to take every you know, possible recruit out of the state of Louisville or the surrounding areas, but it's ignorant to say that there's not, you know, good talent coming out of the city when, you know, the recruiting rankings suggest otherwise. And not only that, but guys are, you know, making a name for themselves, whether it be Rondell Moore, whether it be J.J. Weaver, you name it. There's guys that are going elsewhere that grew up right here in the, in the university's backyard that has, you know, quite frankly and to the point, pissed off the fan base in a lot of ways I know that you know you can't do too much about Rondell Moore if you're Satterfield uh, JJ Weaver the same way but what you can do is you can reverse the trend now I'm not saying you know the thing about this is I'm not suggesting that the staff just completely shy away from their style of recruiting or going after the guys that they're getting all I'm really trying to propose is the fact that there are so many benefits just outside of you know getting an individual player when it comes to recruiting the city just because you're building up that pipeline for future use like I mentioned the 2023 class there's a handful of studs you know from Selah's own school I guarantee you I know that um you know by taking Selah you're not guaranteeing yourself that you're going to get either Spencer and or uh, Collins, but at the end of the day, it can't hurt. And I'm not so, like I said, I'm not suggesting that we only take Selah to develop a pipeline because at the end of the day, you go get guys that you feel can succeed in your system and get talented guys. I think that this knocks out two birds with one stone. You get a very, very talented defensive lineman that is quick and athletic. You also are able to start the trend of getting guys from the city back in town because when you look at the success of the early 2000s and the you know the days of um, you know Bobby Petrino there's guys like Michael Bush like Brian Brom I, I get it I know that not every player that's going to come out of Louisville is going to be a five-star talent like those two were, and in all quite honesty, those come once every blue moon. But those guys do pop out of the woodwork. So having that pipeline established when those kids are coming up through the system, that is why you know you build up that pipeline. Not only are you getting 
you know, quality guys through the city that want to play for the city. And, you know, there's a there's a pride aspect of being able to put on for your hometown. And it's kind of been a staple for the program throughout the 21st century. You know, Michael Bush and Brian Brom, not to mention Devontae Parker, James Quick. The list goes on. You know, I'm forgetting some people. But there's a lot of guys from this city that would love to come to play for Louisville. I believe, you know, Sat, if he was to take advantage of that opportunity and get these guys in. So to answer the question and solidify my stance, yes, I am 100% on board with getting guys in the city. I think it is pivotal that Satterfield and company reestablish the local pipeline and get guys from the city into the program. But one thing that I don't want you to take away from this is for my stance to be misconstrued. I, I want you to understand where I'm coming from. What I am saying is that getting guys into this program that have grown up in the city's backyard is key. What I'm not saying is taking any player just because they grew up in the backyard and overlooking a guy that you, you feel is matched your scouting requirements that may live in another city in another state. Because at the end of the day, you want to bring in the best players that you possibly can into this program, regardless of where they're playing. I understand you have a better chance of succeeding when you get guys from down south. I mean, Charlie Strong built this program back up using players from South Florida. So there's talent everywhere you look. All I'm saying is that from you know a program standpoint, whether it be on the field and off the field, it is a good look for you know, Louisville to have open doors for players that want to come that are good enough. That That's the kicker. You know, they have to be good enough, but bringing in the homegrown talent from the 502, it would be a big pipeline just considering the fact that Kentucky is completely dominating that and, um, you know, stealing almost every good player that comes out of Louisville. And it's really frustrating to see all of those guys go to Lexington and succeed. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we want to have a superior program, and I think that a, a step to getting to that point is to win the in-state recruiting battle. So one of those benefits of reestablishing a pipeline is putting the program in a better position to succeed in those battles. And I understand that there's different sports in different contexts, but the basketball program has really made its bread and butter on going out and getting local guys that have come in and been you know, staples to the program, whether that being Quentin Snyder, Ray Spaulding, David Johnson most recently. Uh, but we will talk about some other 2023 recruits that could continue that trend. But not until we talk about Bet Online AG. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in the game as your team preps for their run to the playoffs. You can get all of the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, and not only including MLB, but NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, etc. Head to the website or use your mobile device now to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Another opportunity for you all to take advantage of, and this is one I'm very excited about, is Built Bar. Um, if you're not aware, the Built Bar company recently surprised 36 walk-ons at BYU, agreeing to pay each and every one of their tuitions for this upcoming season. 
Uh, Built Bar has a lot of delicious flavors. There's simply something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan like myself, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. I know I am. The salted caramel, the cookies and cream, and quickly, quickly, the coconut is becoming one of my favorites as well. Um, If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine. The Built Bars are not only tasty, but they're also healthy as well. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, ranging from 130 to 180 calories. There's only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, but amazing flavors. They're all tasty. They're all healthy. You can order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry, whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which is neat. You can go to built.com to order yours today. Do not wait any longer. They're the best protein bars on the market. Like I said, built.com is the place to go. So let's transition into the final segment of the week. We're going to focus on 2023 recruiting for in-state in basketball. And I got to be honest, I'm very excited about the guys that are coming up in the 2023 class. There's three in particular that I want to discuss that most people are aware of. Uh, The first one is Caleb Glenn, um, the Louisville Mill High School small forward. Uh, behind him is Reed Shepard, the combo guard out of North Laurel, who is the son of former UK Wildcat Jeff Shepard. And finally is George Washington III, a combo guard out of the Christian Academy of Louisville. So let's get one thing straight off the bat. That is the fact that all three of these guys are good enough to go to Louisville. And all three of these guys are going to be prioritized by the cards in the 2023 cycle. Beginning with Caleb Glenn, he's had a fantastic summer on the AAU circuit, um, racking up a ton of offers. Currently ranked as the 44th best recruit in the city. I was very excited to see him play this past season for Mail. For those who are not aware, I am actually the PA announcer for Mail Boys and Girls Basketball, so I get a front row seat to all of Caleb Glenn's outings at home. So I've seen him progress in the 2019 season. I knew he was going to be special just considering the fact that he came right in right away, averaged a double-double as a freshman in a very balanced rotation, and led the state in field goal percentage. I want to say it was about 74% from the field, which is extremely impressive. Coming into this season was where I was kind of not necessarily concerned, but definitely interested to just see how he was going to react to, you know, male losing a lot of guys, so he was going to be the guy. There's a lot of hype building up around him, so I watched him get double teamed a lot. There was a lot of different types of defensive sets that were thrown his way, still averaging over 20 and 10, and um, taking the next step in terms of ball handling. The perimeter shooting has expanded and improved. I have been extremely impressed with how he has handled himself on the court, um, the demeanor, not only that, but just overall basketball IQ has improved as well. I think that he is going to be the number one guy on Louisville's board for the 2023 class. His dad actually uh, played for Louisville uh, football. And I'm going to give a hot take. If you don't consider their collegiate careers, and I know it's easy to do this, Caleb, if you consider just recruiting profiles and stuff like that, Caleb Glenn is more important to Louisville than Ray Spalding was, than possibly David Johnson was. As recruits, you cannot look 
at how they succeeded in college because I know that that's going to sway an argument. When you just take face value, looking at the recruits, you know, you get a legacy guy from your backyard. Caleb Glenn is, like I said, top 50 right now, but he's going to rise. Would not surprise me to possibly see him as a McDonald's All-American when it's said and done. Uh, true 6667 has expanded his range, his offensive toolkit. There's a lot to like there. His recruitment has started to blow up. Tennessee, Texas A&M. So it's going to be a battle for the cards, but I do love where the program stands right now for his services. Another guy in the city, a little bit of a different situation, George Washington the third out of Cal, 6'2 combo guard. He was a guy, i got to be honest, coming into the summer, I wasn't sure if he was Louisville caliber or not, but I was able to watch some film from his AAU games, and it is very clear to me that I was wrong. Um, one thing that I was not aware of was just how polished he was as a scorer. Really kind of reminds me of, of a sort of Quentin Snyder-esque talent when he was at Ballard. Because let's face it, both are very comparable in terms of recruits. Not necessarily overly athletic, but smart players that control their own pace. Solid ball handlers that can create for their teammates, but just so polished as scorers in high school. And I do love that there's a three-level scoring aspect to his game. Uh, just very, very high basketball IQ like Quentin had. I did a feature story with Washington for Cardinal Sports Zone. He basically told me, you know, with his dad being a former college coach and recruiter, He's not going to lead any programs on if there's no interest. He did relay to me and confirm that there is a ton of interest in Louisville. He's going to finish out his high school ball at Cal. That's good news for the Cards. Obviously, the Cards are sitting in a good position here, and I expect them to sit in a good position regardless of where he goes until signing day. One recruitment that I do not necessarily feel too good on is the one of Reed Shepard out of North Laurel. Like I mentioned, a legacy recruit for the Wildcats. You have to assume that if Kentucky pushes for his commitment, it's going to be hard for him to tell him no. I know that uh, the Shepherds are close with Coach Mack, and it's hard to judge the validity of them, but there have been rumors that Shepard is not too awful fond of Coach Cal, uh, speaking about Jeff, that is. However, you know, there's almost no way to determine how true that is or not, so you can't truly take that at face value. But but if you look at things in a realistic way, it is going to be very hard for the cards to reel him in. There's been some debates throughout the state of whether or not Shepard is as good as advertised. Um, the same trend was for Dante Allen out of Pendleton County, the level of competition just isn't as good as it is in other areas like Louisville, Lexington, Bowling Green, so on and so forth. But after watching his film, yeah, you can just tell there's a difference between taking advantage of uh, bad competition and also just being that guy. And I think that there's probably a little bit of a combination of both. It's never black and white. It's always in the gray area. I think that you know, putting up 50-point triple-doubles might not be realistic, but I do think the opportunity to take over games, score at all three levels, and affect the game and not only scoring is definitely not out of the bounds of um, reality for Shepard. So it's going to be a very interesting recruitment to watch, especially depending on how the 2023 class is going to unfold for the Wildcats that could propose some scholarship issues. So we talked a lot about football recruiting and just some analysis on the 2022 class members that are there so far, 
uh, how pivotal local recruiting is for the Cards program. And we also talked about 2023 in-state basketball recruits that Louisville fans need to keep an eye on. Next week, it's going to be more of the same. We're going to talk a lot more about camp and what we've been seeing from there. The Monday edition, Tuesday, we'll look into some results from Media Day. Like I mentioned earlier in the week, I will be at the Cardinal Media Day on Saturday afternoon, so you'll get all the first-hand information from that. You can follow me on Twitter at Defense underscore. You can all follow the podcast Twitter page at LO underscore Louisville. That is LO underscore Louisville. Make sure to check out the Locked On Bets podcast that I've been talking about because betting on the cards doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicap expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Like I mentioned, I appreciate everyone for tuning in this week, the second week of the show. A lot to come next week. That's going to wrap up this Friday edition of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Before we get out of here, make sure to check out the Locked On ACC podcast hosted by Candace Cooper as well to be able to round out your knowledge on the conference as a whole. So that's going to do it for us all today. Everyone have a good rest of the day and have a good weekend as well. We'll see you on Monday.